Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. Today, senior correspondent Michael Brennan-Doherty considers the phenomenon of free-range kids as a new parent. If you're not familiar with the term, it's a relatively recent phenomenon that came about in response to helicopter parenting. Here's Lenore Skenazy, the spokeswoman for the movement, explaining. A free-range kid is somebody who gets walked to school a couple times and then learns the route and gradually assumes responsibility for that. A free-range kid can go to the park and on the way knock at somebody else's door and say, hey, come on, let's go out and play. Finally, a movement that sets itself against this notion that a kid who isn't being actively surveilled by parents or a paid professional is in danger. Finally, a reaction to the parental fear that becomes an excuse for omnipresent intervention and control to the absurd point of mistaking a cultivation of self-reliance with neglect. The free-range kids movement speaks to exactly what I want for my children. A childhood that teaches them independence and self-reliance. A childhood like my own. And yet, I'm worried that I can't avoid the helicopter. I know that crime is way, way down from when I was a free-range kid. I know that the chances of stranger danger are infinitesimally small. But I already have some of the anxiety that motivates overprotective parents. I want to imitate the free-rangers, but I'm afraid to do so. And I think I've discovered one reason why. Free-range kids and the parental trust that enables them are at least partly dependent on a feature of American life that is dead or dying in many areas. The neighborhood. As a child of the 1980s and early 90s, I had a single working mother, and we lived with my grandparents in Bloomfield, New Jersey. On most days, when the weather was nice, it was expected that I would leave the home and play outside, that there would be other children doing the same, and that no one would have to organize our activities at a nearby park. In the summer, I might leave the house at 9 or 10 in the morning and not return home until the streetlights came on. By the time I was 7 years old, I was comfortable walking over a mile to school. That included going underneath the Garden State Parkway overpass. I realized that I already sound like the apocryphal grandfather, humble bragging about long walks to school in the snow. But in truth, I did walk to school in the snow. Or if school was canceled, I still got myself to the daily morning mass to make good on my commitments as an altar boy. By age 10, I could do this walk in the dark of a winter evening after basketball practice. In some ways, this independence was forced on me and my friends. Many families, including mine, simply didn't have the time, money, or energy to have us monitored constantly. But my free-range childhood was also sustained by a community. I was able to entertain myself outside because other kids my age were also playing outside, almost constantly. That community included scores of homes filled with people who knew me and my family by name and had lived in that community themselves for decades. There were spinsters and nosy retirees who casually kept an eye on those parks where we romped. They didn't intervene unless someone's property or safety was obviously in danger. If I came home from school and was locked out, I could knock on about a dozen doors, and I'd immediately receive assistance, whether that came in the form of a phone call to my mother, 
a bowl of butterscotch candies, or a remote control to watch the afternoon cartoons. The expectation was that we were all in this together. Everyone knew that you sometimes had to let a rambunctious kid out of doors, or that he would get out of line once in a while. It would have been a serious effrontery if you gave a parent a nasty look merely because their child was publicly misbehaving. The judgmental reproaches would only come if this misbehavior was constant, and even then, it would be expressed privately. I live in a much safer neighborhood now than the one of my youth, and in an era that is almost incomparably safer according to crime statistics. And yet I never see children playing outside unsupervised. Who would my children play with unless I organized a play date? I'll probably never see another kid knock on my door and ask if my daughter can come out to play. Couldn't she have texted instead? People live in my neighborhood because it is nice. But as social mobility increases, the stock of people who have been here for decades has decreased. There are fewer eyes on the street altogether. The retirees move away or into specialized communities, and why not? Their children, if successful, didn't buy a house near their childhood home either. At the local shops, parents flash each other nasty and judgmental looks all the time for the slightest and most routine annoyances of children's behavior. Instead of a we that lightly surrounds us, everyone in my town is a they and a potential source of problems. I'm not afraid of strangers doing harm to kids. I'm much more afraid of other parents calling the police or child services on me and getting a bogus charge of unsubstantiated child neglect merely for having kids that are more capable and independent than theirs. Now, some people hearing this may scratch their heads. They may still live in the kind of neighborhood that is characterized by a sense of shared identity and familiarity. The decline of neighborhood solidarity isn't universal across America, and it seems far more advanced among upwardly mobile neighborhoods than in working-class areas. But it's one of the most obvious and profound changes I've noticed in my own day-to-day -day life, and it makes me suspect I won't be able to give my children the independence I know is best for them. And that does it for this week's episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, tell a friend or leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. Happy listening. Happy listening.